We talking rom-com, we talking action, we talking drama and movie classics, whatever you want, yo we have it, cause we talking movies on a podcast. So I married a film critic, so I married a film critic. So I married a film critic. Hey honey, I just wanna so talk I about the movie like casually. Critic. You don't have to so bring up very cinematography. Honestly, let's just talk about like how the characters were fun. Married a film critic. So I married a film critic. So I married a Welcome to So I Married a Film Critic, a discussion between a professional film critic and lecturer and me, his wife of 20 years, who just likes to watch movies for fun. I'm your co-host, Julia. This is Barry, the film critic. Hello, everyone. You know, a guilty pleasure, I hate that phrase, it's unnecessary because if you watch a movie, you enjoy it, and the film works on its own terms, you shouldn't feel any guilt for watching it and enjoying it. We're going to talk about a film that succeeds on that level. I've never felt any remote feelings of guilt enjoying this movie or any any B film, any C film, any movie that's whatever, not on the A-list, not a classic, not a TCM-approved blockbuster. This is Terminal Velocity. This is a B film with Charlie Sheen as a skydiver named Ditch Brody, and it's <laughs> wonderful. We used to joke about it, didn't we? About some student hitting the dirt and digging in like Wile E. Coyote. I don't think we'll be joking about it anymore. What happened, man? How'd she get away from you? She's one of two things. A covert agent from another country or a complete raving lunatic. You have five seconds. One. You gotta be kidding me. Two. ways to kill yourself. Earth's rushing up at you at 120 miles an hour and all you're gonna do is not pull? What's easier than that? What if things get out of hand? I'll kill him. What is going on here? Ditch Brody. That, oh man, you think there's like a warehouse full of Mattel Ditch Brody action figures like, oh, no, this goes in the vault. It didn't happen, man. <laughs> I know. And when we finally like hear how he got his name, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, this is uh, David Toohey. Let me talk about the writer-director for a second, although he didn't direct this one, and, and uh, maybe he should have. David Toohey is kind of – he's one of the kings of B-movies. He's always been kind of on the B-list, although he makes great movies, but they, they don't get a lot of respect. So – so he was he's one of the co-writers of The Fugitive in 1993 that was a very big deal obviously followed by this film which he wrote he was one of the many writers on Waterworld. I think there was like 20 people who wrote Waterworld. He wrote and directed the, the Arrival with Charlie Sheen, which is also very good, a lot of fun. He was one of the writers on G.I. Jane. Now, this is, of course, his legacy. He is the writer-director of Pitch Black, The Chronicles of Riddick, and Riddick. Yes, the, the, the trilogy of great Vin Diesel cinema. This guy sounds awesome. He's fun. His movies are fun. And he's got a great sense of humor. And it does. And not every project allows that to come through, but it does in this one. Terminal Velocity is it's, it's as much an action comedy as it is an action movie. Yeah. I was surprised at how funny it was. Yeah. 
Yeah, Sheen. This is Charlie Sheen. Um, I would say at the height of his power, but you know, I think two and a half men, Tiger Blood, that whole thing, that was probably the height of Charlie <laughs> Sheen's power. Because, you know, I mean, people forget about this. And, and I should look up the year that that happened. I don't remember. That was like 10 years ago now. But remember, he got fired from two and a half men. And you remember what he did? He went on a spoken word tour. He did concerts. He was like selling out concerts. No. Yeah, he would go on stage. And it was really just him like showing clips of, of how badass it is to be Charlie Sheen. Like that's <laughs> – he did that. I mean if that isn't the height of Charlie Sheen. But I guess a, a little bit of background on Sheen, of course. This is a guy who in 1986, he uh, he really broke out. He had you know Platoon, which won Best Picture. And, of course, he's the star of Platoon. He was also in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I think for most people, that's the one of the first movies they ever saw him in, for the most part. He did a few things beforehand. And then, of course, The Wraith, one of my favorite, another guilt-free, guilty pleasure that came out in 1986. So, uh, And so the year after Platoon won Best Picture, and it was one of the top-grossing films of the year, he has Wall Street the next year, which is another Oliver Stone film, another blockbuster, another seminal 1980s film. So he was on fire, and he was in Young Guns, I mean, uh, Major League. I mean, he was he was a major actor for a while and then he switched to comedy with Hot Shots and the the absolute classic Hot Shots Part Du <laughs> that is the title I know and then you know he had a couple of random hits like The Three Musketeers the Disney film did you like that one? yeah I actually really liked that yeah. movie when I was I don't know when's that, when did that come it was come 93 out? that was a while ago yeah I mean I was like 13 and I think Chris O'Donnell was like really hot back then he's still really hot well He's, he's like our age or older. So. Yeah, but is he Stephen Lang in the hard way hot? <laughs> if you want to hear about that. If you want to know what I'm referring to. Yeah. Listen to our episode on the hard way. <laughs> yeah. Listen to my dear wife crush on Stephen Lang playing the party crasher in John Badham's The Hard Way. But that's another episode. Okay. But um, crushing on Charlie Sheen in this film for sure. Oh, he's great. No, he's, he's, he's great. And he had done two of these hot shot movies and he was kind of going back and forth. He also had a movie that I, I don't particularly care for. It has a cult following. It's called The Chase, which is interesting because before we watch this, you're like, is this The Chase? I'm like, no, 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 this isn't The Chase. The Chase uh, starring uh, Sheen and of course, uh, why am I blanking her name? The wonderful Christy Swanson. Um, yeah, this is not that film. Though it came out, I believe, yeah, the same year. But uh, yeah, Sheen... He was not the first choice for this role, as you can imagine. They wanted Tom Cruise. Well, and Cruise would have been Cruise would have been fun in this, but um, and by the way, I don't, I don't think Sheen has ever jumped out of a plane in his life. But he is playing Ditch Brody, skydiver extraordinaire. That's how we meet him. And although the film does have a, I gotta say, like I, I really love the intro. I mean, we should step step even further back. I love the opening credits of this thing. Oh, do you wow. remember that? No. The 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 letters just explode like bullets on like terminal velocity. Oh, it's so cool! Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna after we're done, I'm gonna show you that because that's. <laughs> did you sleep through that? No, but I I don't remember. You just it. didn't even notice. No, angels. I didn't even notice. All right, well, remember it's like music, like <laughs> when you talk about the score, it's like ah, uh, I'm not really paying attention. Do you only like scores and you could sing along to? Oh, that helps. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, because yeah, it's like, because I mean, do you remember the orchestral score of Sound of Music? Probably not. But do you remember the the songs? Yes, you do. Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, if you no, if someone were to play the orchestral Sound of Music, like no word songs, I would recognize it. I've seen that movie since I was a kid. But if I played times. like the violin solo of the theme to Schindler's List, you wouldn't recognize it. No. Really? No. 
Okay. Can we talk about this movie? All right. So let- Scored by Joel McNeely. Good score, by the way, Joel. <laughs> okay. So after the amazing opening amazing. credits. <laughs> okay. Our film opens up with a young Russian woman who's about to leave the country and she's ambushed in her apartment. It's a cool scene. Remember, she's she's driving and she we, she doesn't even realize it, the snowstorm is so severe. She doesn't oh, realize yeah. she's she she's, is driving. She's first. on an airport tarmac. A yeah. plane almost lands on her. That's true. It does open with her driving in her car. Yeah, and um, the plane leaves like skid marks on her roof. Yes, so it is pretty awesome. Yeah. But her knowledge of this plane is why she is now being ambushed in her apartment. Yes, and that's yeah. a violent scene. And one of the ambushers is played by a blonde-haired Chris McDonald. Shoot her! Yeah, exactly. And I okay, I knew he was in this movie, but it took me a while to recognize him because in this opening, well, I guess second scene, he he's really scary. Yeah, he's very scary and timid. I mean, he's McDonald's got the blonde hair. The blonde hair is what does it. He's a wonderful actor. Um, he he gets typecast as villains, but uh, he could play just about anything, and he's great in this. Yeah, because he tortures this poor woman to death. It's a vi- yeah, it's a PG thirteen, but it's a it's a violent open. And by the way, this is a Disney film, folks. Yeah, Hollywood Pictures. This is Disney. So. I mean, you know, he's like drowning her in her fish aquarium and it's really terrible. And then she's left in her shower. But you don't know that he kills her until he they've left and he's like, oh, they'll, you know, they'll find her in her shower. And yeah. then they show her in the shower. It's just, very sadistic. Yeah. yeah. These are very, very bad, bad guys. Yeah. All right. So now we're going to lighten up a little bit because we- Oh, I'd say we lighten up a lot with this <laughs> opening scene. Yeah. Uh, Wikipedia describes Ditch Brody as former Olympic gymnast turned daredevil skydiver. You know, we're in trouble when we're quoting Wikipedia, but please continue. So he participates in an illegal base jump off of a skyscraper. Because he's awesome. And he's like going through the city and what like- a helicopter's following him. Yeah, because they're like, "What's happening?" Yeah, he's. It's a. Uh, it's not a skydive that you would not notice. Let's just put it that way. It's a very big stunt that this guy's doing, and he's. It's. It's, it's illegal. Apparently, they didn't know he's coming, and he's. He's passing. You know, through uh, by, by buildings. It's a. Uh, it's, let's just say it's very Tom Cruise worthy. Yeah, and when he lands, he <laughs> immediately <laughs> like strips off his yeah. pants. Yeah, it's great. He immediately is is uh, we we get some 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 nudity Which, immediately. Well, we find out that you think you're seeing his butt, but when you see his pants later, it's a fake butt. It's a fake butt. Yeah, yeah. but he thinks he's going to like some woman's party, a pretty high end bachelor party. If yeah. they hired a skydiving stripper, yeah, and it's like an eight year old girl's birthday party. <laughs> it's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's great, and I love this is the introduction to our hero. I mean, if Ditch Brody skydived into our daughter's birthday party and just like took off his pants, I'd be like, "Oh my gosh!" I'd be like, "B, that's why we can't turn our nose up at strippers, okay? Because they can also skydive. All right, it's, it's <laughs> like, it is a skill, okay? It is a skill." All right, so he's like he goes back to the school that he works at. It's like a skydiving school where yeah. people come and learn. What's well, well, a business? I mean, he's he's yeah. got he's got a whole bunch of planes in the tarmac. He's got Milton Van Peebles as the mechanic and also the one of the pilots. Um, yeah, this is a full on ditch Brody Enterprise. Yeah, and they're just like, you know what? Your antics are going to get us shut down. And I mean, she's not wrong. I mean, he's. <laughs> 
And they perfectly catch Charlie Shirley Sheen who's just like, Tiger Blood! He just <laughs> does not care what anybody thinks. <laughs> okay, so this is where we meet Chris Morrow. Um, How do you say your name? How do you say it? What do you mean? Chris Morrow. How do you say the actress's name? Natasha. Uh-huh. I don't know her. I don't know her full name. Nastasia Kinski. Oh, okay. And I yeah. the, forgive me. I'm not, I'm, I didn't put you on the spot because I want to embarrass you. No, I, honestly, my father has been saying her name wrong since the '80s. <laughs> He's been calling her Nasty Kinski since 1983. <laughs> okay, and I know that because I remember when Cat People was premiering on HBO, and Dad's like, "Hey, it's Nasty Kinski." He's, I don't think my father has ever said her name. And, and it's like he's not even trying to be funny. He just – he never gets her name right. He's not trying to be funny. No. I'm not <laughs> – ask him. Next time you see that, hey, Dad, what's the name of that actress real beautiful in, in Cat People? Be like, oh, yeah, Nasty Kingsky. Yeah, he doesn't know her. He doesn't know how to say her name properly. <laughs> he's been calling her that since 83. Anyway, so Nastasia – I know, but that's a great nickname. Well, I don't know how she would feel about it. She probably would – think it's hilarious. <laughs> Nasty Kingsky? Yeah, I don't know about that. Anyway, so yeah, so she enters the film as Chris Morrow. Yep. And she's like, I need to go on a jump like today. And he's like, <laughs> I don't have any openings. I could do it like on Saturday. And she's like, if I leave today, I'm never coming back. Like she's so persistent. And and I, I really, you know, I gotta say, like Sheen's performance, it I'm I'm noting all the comic beats, but he's very good in this. He's they're both really terrific in this. I like the way Sheen is playing this because the alarm bells are not lost on him. She is so desperate to jump off a plane, she does seem like somebody like you know, the fact that she's so attractive. No, I don't knows i think he does no he does not he does there's something there's something wrong about this yeah but he's thinking he's gonna he's thinking with his yeah with his little ditcher yes yes exactly so if he actually thought that there was something like mentally wrong with her and she was unattractive i think this would have gone a different way he is definitely no i mean we we do see some resistance but like at the same time he's like okay let's just do it let's do it i think the only resistance is that he like knows that he's in trouble with his boss well yeah that and later on he speaks to one of his colleagues and lays it all out his his plan to seduce her after the jump exactly so he's not like worried about her and the fact that she wants to jump today you know, he has a moral center. No, he doesn't. But he's turned that button all the way down to mute. <laughs> but it's there. He, you know, he does not. At this point, he does not. <laughs> all right. He's, he has to go on a journey. Yes. Very good, Julia. The hero's the journey. The hero's journey. Right yes. now, he is a complicated, tarnished hero. Hmm. Okay. That's a generous way of putting it. Yeah. He's a, well, what does he say? He describes his character as a flying penis. <laughs> and that's exactly Which right. Is, that's exactly it. Again, another great title for a movie. <laughs> I don't know about this movie, but yeah, it's no, a great title. Uh, what is this, like Me and Him all over again? Oh, man. <laughs> the sequel to Me and Him. There you go. We should create the Me and Him trilogy at oh some point. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. Okay, so he, she says she's never jumped before. She's like a total beginner. Yeah. And he's like trying to like train her and take her through all of the steps and finally they get up in the plane and oh yeah he makes jokes about like jumping tandem and she says no no how about you know we do it this other way because i hear it it's safer and so he's like all right that's fine um so they're up in the plane 
And then he goes to the pilot played by Melva Van Peebles. Yeah, but he clips her in. Yeah. And then he sees another plane down below. Right. So he goes up to the cockpit. And then when he turns back, she's gone. Gone. Gone, baby, gone. Yep. And so he sees her falling and he says, oh, no. And so he goes and jumps in. Jumps out. Jumps out out of the plane. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's going at full speed. And you know what I love about skydiving movies is when they just like go head first like a bullet. Yeah. Like they're trying to like catch the other person. It's awesome. And I always think, are they actually going to be able to catch them at this speed? You know? Because you're not really flying. You're falling. But he's trying to get to her. Yes. 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 Okay. So he, he doesn't make it. And well, he gets to her and he's like, Parajude, Parajude. And she just does not respond. And yeah, as yeah. they said earlier in the film, she bounces. Yeah. So she hits the ground, dies. He pulls his chute and he is just devastated. Yeah. Obviously. Mm-hmm. And so, then one of Ditch's coworkers walks over to him and a very, mor- very mournful scene is like, you know, we used to make jokes about how when they hit the ground, they bounce. It's like a wily coyote thing. Well, after today, I don't think we're going to be making those jokes anymore. <laughs> I know. And then Sheen turns. I got to say, like, I think, I think the director had, like, okay, like, let's give you a hero moment, Sheen. When you turn towards the camera, it's like the perfect profile. I mean, he's a in total full movie star mode in this movie, and I'm digging it. Yep, he's got the hair. He's, he's got, got the, the sideburns, the man. leather jacket, got those great sideburns. Yeah, yeah, looking good. Okay, so. The school is closed down indefinitely because, obviously, safety first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think any skydiving school that has a reputation where somebody died, yeah, that's, that's not going to be good. Yeah. And, you know, also, he's talking to the – so everyone has to be interviewed, right? And I remember he was talking to the um, pilot and, and – That's Melvin Van Peebles. Yeah, and he was like, you're going to, like, back me on this, right? And he's like, I didn't see you clip her in. Yeah. So either you didn't do it or what? She unclipped herself. And that's when he's like, bing, bing, bing. And he he kind of has a light bulb moment and he goes to her locker and um, he just goes through her stuff, finds her apartment key, decides to go to her apartment and break in. And then he finds a picture of her skydiving. So he puts it in his back pocket like, I knew you were – like, you lied. Of course, you're not a beginner. Yeah. You you know what you're doing. But then he gets attacked by Kerr. Chris McDonald. Yeah. Shooter. Shooter. And so they have a full-on, you know, It's a great scene. fight because it, it culminates with a, a fish tank explosion. Yes. Two grown men, like. Or no, doesn't he just like throw them into we'll the just sma- They smash into the tank and we see that from the back, the tank just exploding outward. I love shots like this. On the one hand, I feel bad for the fish. I do. There's no fish in the tank when they're doing it. <laughs> on the other hand, like there's a scene, a, another B movie I really like, although it's not as good as this one, FX2, which came out in 91. There's a fight scene in a fish tank where, uh, where the bad guy is trying to drown the good guy, Brian Brown, in the fish tank. He's got his head into water. And the good guy realizes that the gun is in the tank. So he takes the gun and fires it and suddenly the fish tank explodes outwards. I love this stuff. I really do. <laughs> and then like in Lethal Weapon 2, remember where Mel Gibson shoots the aquarium and suddenly like the bad guy's uh, HQ is just covered in water? 
The, the one I'm thinking of is even more obscure. Isn't there one with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Eraser? Yeah, well, that's at a zoo. Okay. Yeah, that's the yeah. one where yeah he, he shoots the the alligator. Yes. Yeah, the the alligator exhibit at the zoo, and suddenly there's alligators eating all the henchmen, and one of the alligators lunges at Arnold. Arnold f- shoots the alligator in the face and goes, "Your luggage." <laughs> Yeah, that's the one I remember. Yeah. Good Um, one, Jules. Yeah. Good pull. Thank you. All right. So after Ditch like ditches and he he gets into his car and drives off, um, he goes back to the school. He's still very confused by everything as one would be. And then we meet District Attorney Ben Pinkwater. Played by the wonderful James Gandolfini. Really trying, giving like... Uh, just an uh, an Oscar worthy attempt to hide his New Jersey accent to the best of his abilities, <laughs> Get, and no kidding, like Gandolfini was a fantastic actor, but very New Jersey, and his character in this movie cannot be from New Jersey, <laughs> so he's doing everything he can to bottle to keep it bottled down as much as he can. I think for the most part, it's a winning battle. Yeah, the only thing that's weird is is he tells Ditch like you might be charged with manslaughter for Chris's death, yeah. so. You need to tell me, like, everything you know. And I'm thinking, what district attorney comes... You know what I mean? Like, this doesn't make any you're sense. See, you're, you're seeing some red flags. I'm seeing some red flags. Because mm. I was thinking, wouldn't he have him come down to the station or some kind of office? And wouldn't there be some kind of arrest thing? You know? I don't know. Like, this is very low-key. Mm. So that was like originally I was thinking this doesn't even make any sense. So. It sounds like your you know your ditch Brody spider sense was also acting up at that at that moment. Yes, yeah. definitely tingling. Very good, mm-hmm. very good, Jules. All right, so uh, later Ditch sees the same plane that had been following him during the jump, and he follows it to a shack where he finds Chris alive. Dun, dun. Yep, and. You know what's funny? Did you find that surprising or no? Yeah, I okay. actually I did. So I was thinking in my mind, I'm like, well, her roommate's dead. She's dead. Now it's just... Char- now it's just Charlie, Charlie Sheen, Sheen. Just so, driving around. Yeah. So I'm like, um, is there another girl that comes? Like, how is this going to work out? I, I really didn't know. And I got to say, the trailer gives it away, which I thought was really lousy. I mean, I get it because it's, you know, in the, the poster and the, you know, it's it's Charlie Sheen and Anastasia Kinski. So obviously, you're going to feel a little cheated if, you know, the second lead in the film dies after 10 minutes, um, you know, and you feel but like, oh. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. It, but anyway, it's a shame that, that the trailer gave that away because, yeah. Yeah. Because I kept thinking, oh, so he doesn't have a love interest? Well, that this is going to be lame. Yeah. But then she... Comes back. But in, in Mr. Sheen's defense, is there anybody in the world who loves Charlie Sheen more than, than Charlie, Charlie Sheen? Sheen? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. So so he's surprised, <laughs> obviously. And um, she takes Ditch on an unexplained nighttime jump at an aeronautics plant and promises to clear his name if he cooperates. Yeah. And... I'm just thinking, why is she using him? Because when we find out later what's going on, why is she using this no-name guy? Is it only because he knows how to jump? I mean... It's his experience. She also has no allies. She's dealing with uh, three rogue former KGB agents 
Um, yeah, she's he's she's all she's got, and she can trust him. Can she? She can because she really pulled a fast one on him, and he's genuine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they they break into this plant and disable the security system, and they're trying to find this hidden disc that's very in a very obscure place. And so they do, but it's funny. She stays outside of the plant and like it is on a radio and telling him how to find everything. Yeah. And I'm thinking, why are you making him do all the scary stuff? Why isn't she in there with him? It's making any sense. Well, I mean, you know, you gotta, you gotta Charlie Sheen. You gotta, you gotta use him. You know, right? But <laughs> she could have done this whole thing by herself. I know. I mean, hey, why, why not? Might as well. She could have done this mission alone, though. He's, you know, like it's the thing. I mean, look, it's a little forced, is what it is. It's a little contrived. But the thing is also, I mean, if we're going to talk about it in terms of motivation. He wants to know what's going on because this is completely flipped the switch for him. The fact that she's alive and the fact that there's this conspiracy and there's, there's espionage. So I, I think, you know, on the one hand, he's there to protect her and vice versa. But he's also going along with this because it's like there are so many unanswered questions at this point. Okay. And he cares about her. I mean, he was devastated when – I mean, he thought his life was over and now it's like, oh, I got a second lease on life. But now there's all this danger. Right. But if Pinkwater hadn't have come to him and said he was being investigated, do you think Ditch would like keep trying to figure this out? Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think the, the photograph in her apartment was a big telltale thing because, I mean, he gets that and has the fight with – with shooter before he sees Pinkwater, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think I think he would have gone down the rabbit hole whether or not Gandolfini showed up. Okay, all right. So uh, Kerr and his men arrive. They force Ditch to flee, and they him and Nastasia. Yeah, they, they get on that that awesome. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. They get on that machine where they go. I think one hundred thirty. Oh no, it's 300, 300 miles an hour. Oh, is that when they get on that thing? Yes, yeah, and they get on the contraption. That's how they escape. Oh, it's, yeah, escape from in a rocket car. A rocket car. Oh my because, gosh! I think over three hundred and fifty like miles an hour. It's fantastic, folks. It's so ridiculous. It's so contrived. It's almost like they they found out about the invention of this machine and wrote the scene around it. But fine, it's great. And then there's that shot. It's right out of Die Hard too, where they have to hit the ejector seat before the thing crashes. In, yeah, into a brick wall. Yes. because the guy who made it wants that to be how he just leaves this planet i guess and i gotta say i love his style i do i mean <laughs> you know well dr you know hunter s thompson got fired out of a cannon i mean this is this is like the second best thing really you'd want to crash into a brick wall at 350 miles if i hour. had a terminal illness and it was a really bad one and i knew like i was on my last couple days yes definitely <laughs> oh yeah Strap me in, Jules. Bye. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna blast Kenny Loggins Highway to the Danger Zone. I'm gonna like if this is how I'm gonna go. It's gonna be glorious. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> yeah, so it, like they eject, and it's a. I mean, it's a, it's really simple how they did a special effects shot where you know like like the the rocket car is in front of a green screen and the camera's just traveling around it, but the way it ejects and it turns towards the camera and you basically see our two leads going. Ah! It's great. It's so cool. So they're in the desert now. And this is where Sheen throws the great line. Oh, you mean you used to be a part of the KG used to be? Yeah. Love it. 
So Chris reveals that her real name is Krista Moldova and that she and her pursuers are former KGB operatives left unemployed due to the collapse of the Soviet Union. And I so think a, that's hilarious. It's a very political film. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, we're unemployed. Now what are we going to do? Well, that's that's how she even does one of the lines later on where she's like, like we got laid off. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Um, and again, like I think it's the movie tipping its hat. Like, look, this is this is the story. This is the genre. But they're having fun here. I mean, this is you know, this isn't a Tom Clancy thriller. Okay. So this is what now she is trying to do because Pinkwater and his men have fallen in with the Russian mob and they've hijacked a shipment of gold bullion intended for the Moscow Reserve, and they are going to take it and perform a coup against the democratic Russian government. So Krista is telling Ditch, like, this money has to go to Russia and not to the mob because otherwise my people will starve. Yep. Like, that's it for Russia. We're goners if they get all this gold. And he's kind of like, not my problem, lady. <laughs> okay, so they hide out in like this... Yeah, the film has like yeah. this moment where it, it I mean it's fine because there's so much crazy action. But yeah, it's kind of this downtime where where Sheen and Kinski are are talking over a, a roaring fire and having I guess the equivalent of like a, a romantic back and forth. Right. So they 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 go into this, I don't know, it's not even a shelter because it doesn't have a roof and yeah. they hide under a door. Yes. And the pink waters uh helicopter has is like, cir- over cir- well, it's like circling them kind yeah. of like we know they're in there but they can't see them so they yeah. finally leave and that's when they light the fire he finds some alcohol some vodka uh i think it's tequila because it has a worm oh you're right it is tequila yeah, yeah. it's the worm and she drinks the worm and yeah. <laughs> she said i've been trained to swallow a lot of things and that's where sheen says careful i just might have to marry you <laughs> again <laughs> Great line. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they start making out, you know. He thinks he's going to get lucky. I'm like, dude, you're on a dirt floor. I don't know what it is with men in random places. These two people are in the middle of the desert. And he thinks he... I I mean... They could die. I mean, you know, all they got is a fire and a bottle of, of tequila with a worm in it. I mean, this is like... This is it. This is what the end of the world looks like. Right. So she feels something in his pants. <laughs> right. Careful. <laughs> it's then, not what you think it is. Yeah. It's a cylinder. It's the cylinder that he stole. And she's like, you had this the whole time? Because yeah. for some reason, he didn't give it to her, probably because he wanted some leverage, you know, for later on. But so she, okay, romantic time over. She puts this little tiny disc that's like the size of a quarter yeah. into this machine and figures out where this plane is that has all the gold. Yeah. So that now we're off and running. She's like, oh, great. It's only six miles away. We can get there an hour if we run. <laughs> like, if, if that was me with this person, I'd be like, you go. I'll catch up. See you later. I'm not running for six miles. He cares about her. Yeah, but and they just like to be trained to run for six hours. (laughs) Well, I mean, he's Ditch Brody. Come on, oh, he jumps out of planes for fun. You think he's that in shape that he? Oh yeah, I'd say Charlie Sheen's stuntman is in great shape. Yes, (laughs) 
Yeah. Okay. Exactly. All right. So they are. Let's see. This is the scene where they stop at a diner, and mm. they have a fight at the diner. He, she she has a story about a three legged dog, and he's like, "I don't even believe your story." No, no, no. They go to the they go to the plane first. That's first? Yeah. Oh, you're right. There's another action scene. I forgot about that. Yes, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. I'm jumping ahead. Go ahead. That's sorry. okay. They they go to the plane and they break in and that's when right. they see that there's like um dead people. Yes. And he, <laughs> he it smells like airplane food. <laughs> it must have been a pile of corpses. <laughs> I know that is pretty funny. Um but he's like he doesn't know it's gold, right? Right away. Yeah. He's like, "Is it nuclear warheads? Like, are we? Yeah. Gonna, is it a bomb? Like, are we gonna die?" She's like, "Why don't you just stay here?" You know. So she goes in the back and uncovers the gold, and then he comes back and he's like, "Gold!" And this is when she tells him what's going on. Yes. Yeah. So, but then Kerr and Pinkwater they all show up, and so these two have to get off the plane mm-hmm. to save themselves. There's a great shot. And they where steal the, their their van. They steal the van, yeah. And then uh, the in-flight movie starts and you actually see like, this really chipper lady go, you please enjoy the flight and she bullet holes all over the screen. It's great. <laughs> all right. So they leave on the bus and that's when they go to this bar. And yeah, they end up having a big fight yeah. in front of everybody, everybody in this bar. Those men came to the plane for a reason, Ditch. They're ready to move the gold. They have a buyer. We gotta go back, Ditch. No, no, wrong. Wrong. I, I, I'm not going back. Look, I'm not talking any big heroics here. All we have to do is get their flight information. Hit him in live, Ditch, please. You know, you keep talking about all these lives we're supposed to be saving. What about my life, huh? It's been circling the drain for a few days now. I'm out of business. I've lost my car. The FAA still thinks I let you die. Look, that gold was earmarked to buy basic necessities. Do you even know what's happening in Russia? How close it is to collapse? If the gold deal goes through, Pinkwater and his cameras use the money to finance a coup to take control. And they're killers, just like Stalin was. And thousands of people will die. People like my family. People like your family. Maybe you're working for yourself, trying to scam your partners out of the gold. I can't believe you're saying that. And as for that little dog with three legs, what, what, what was his name? Tripod? I didn't say anything at the time because basically I thought I was going to get laid. But couldn't you have come up with something a little stronger than a three-legged dog? Oh, I see. You want to believe it's a lie, don't you? Because then you don't have to do anything, right? Pack the bags. We're going on a guilt trip. Those men are gangsters. In Russia, they're in arms, counterfeiting, contract kills. That is Russia, not here. But once they're in power, it'll be the Cold War all over again. More missiles aimed at your country. Is that what you want, Ditch? Don't, don't wave that flag at me because it's not going to work, all right? Well, what does work on you, Ditch? I haven't been able to figure that out. What are you willing to stick your neck out for, huh? I'd really like to know. Yeah, and she does a really cool thing where she goes into a photo booth and takes a picture of herself with the newspaper, proof that she is alive. Yeah, that she said, she didn't kill me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm alive. Well, she puts it in his wallet because he's kind of like, lady, 
you're with the KGB. Like this is Russian mafia stuff. Like what am I? What am I doing? Yeah. Meanwhile, he's losing his business. He's wanted for murder. Yeah. <clears throat> or suspected of murder, I should say. So she leaves. She takes the bus, and that's when um, he has a change of heart because he finds the pictures. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right, so now he he steals this guy's um, like Mustang or something. Yes, and this guy, the the guy whose actual car it is, he's like, "Hey, I have a car just like that." I love that because you know the cliche is like, "Hey, that's my car." Yeah. Instead, it's like, "Hey, nice car." <laughs> I have the same exact one. Yeah. What is what are the what a coincidence? All right, so. Now, the men have kidnapped Chris. Yeah. Okay. They've stuffed her in the back, uh, the trunk of a car. Yeah. Because <clears throat> stupid Kerr wants to take this beautiful red car back to Russia. Yeah, this red sports car. Mm-hmm. I mean, really? Like, that's what you're thinking about? Anyways. They don't have this model in the, Soviet, <laughs> the fallen former Soviet Union. So they load up this car with her in the trunk onto the plane with the gold. Yeah. Okay. So now Ditch has to convince another guy. He deputizes a pilot yeah. to do it, <laughs> to fly him, uh, to, to, to chase this, this. Well, he poses as an FAA agent. Right, right. And convinces this biplane stunt pilot to fly him up and onto the 747. So, yeah, it's a, it's a chase scene in air. So, mm-hmm. like, this, yeah, this little plane is following the big plane. There's some really great stunt work where Charlie Sheen's stunt double gets on, <laughs> gets on the wing of the plane and the plane flips over and positions him in a way where he can jump onto the platform of the big plane. Right. So now, you know, we see that they get her out of the trunk and they're trying to get information out of her yeah. and she's not giving it to them. And then they see the biplane and so they stuff her back in the trunk and then... Ditch gets onto the plane, into the car, starts the car, and just... Hits in a reverse. Drives out of the plane and does a free fall. And then, meanwhile, it's Chris McDonald's character. Um, Who's like, no, my car! <laughs> well, he's on the plane, so it's a gunfight and a fight scene in the front seat of this sports car as it's falling to the earth while Nastasia Kinski is in the trunk. Yes. It is one of the wildest things I've ever seen. I love this scene so much. And as you pointed out, in real life, if a car of that size falling from that height would probably hit the ground and would you say like four I seconds? Said, I said 30 to 45 <laughs> seconds. And this scene is about four minutes long. Yeah. So, so I did just because I was curious. I was like, well, "How long? How high would you have to be for it to take four minutes for this car to fall?" And I said, "Oh, basically, you'd have to be in space." <laughs> yes. So, I mean, the scene is done with some trick photography. It's done with real skydiving stunt people. Apparently, there was a there was a car on a bungee. They did all sorts of things to make this scene work. But man, it works. This is, I mean. You know, because this film, it, it wasn't a huge success. I feel like you know, a lot of people don't remember this movie, but like I'd put this scene up with any of the wildest spectacles from Lethal Weapon. I mean, this is it's, – it's an insane sequence and it's wonderful. So he – once he fights off Kerr and that guy is out of the picture, now he has to get her out of the trunk, but the latch is broken. Yeah. So now he has to – go to the back of the car with the key and unlock it 
And the whole time you're like, hurry up. Yeah, the shots of of, of Sheen going, come on, come on, trying to get the key in the latch. And the car is like, you know, falling through the air. So he's like, can't quite do it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's, but then yeah. what's crazy is he opens it and instead of like them kind of just grabbing onto each other right away, now she's free falling without a yeah. parachute and he has to like go catch her again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. So the car hits a mountain and explodes instantly because it was actually a Ford Pinto. <laughs> and then they he grabs her, the chute go opens and then and then it sets on fire and then they fall yeah, into a canyon. They, yeah, because they go through the fire of the car. Of the car explosion, yeah. So, so he has to use his secondary his second chute. chute, which is great. It's like, oh okay, this movie really knows it's skydiving lore. And then he's going trying to go through like a wind turbine farm. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So it's trying to avoid the wind oh, turbine. Oh gosh. And then they finally crash down. It's it's a you know, it's kind of like one of the he's just like exhausted. Um and then we think that's like the – it's it. We think that's it because they kiss and it's like all lovey-dovey. But then Pinkwater shows up. And then James Gandolfini, live and well. Yeah, well, because he has parachuted down. Yeah. So he's still wearing his shoe. Him and Ditch get into a big fight. And Gandolfini is, is just – just pulverizing Charlie Sheen. Yeah. It's pretty fantastic. Yeah. But the best part is that Charlie Sheen pulls his secondary shoot and... Pulls Gandolfini's yeah. secondary shoot. Gandolfini goes flying. And into and, a wind turbine. Yeah. Well, apparently like decapitates him. We don't see that, but we see a wind turbine full of blood. Like, oh, we get it. We know what happened. <laughs> I mean, they couldn't show like, you know... I wanted a chunk of me to hit the ground. I really yeah. did. I wanted just a little, but you know, it's PG thirteen and it is Disney, so yeah. Like it couldn't show a decapitated body. Can't show that. I don't think for PG thirteen, a body cut in half, some guts. No, mm, I don't think so. No, I think you're talking about an R rated movie, which this is not. <laughs> okay. So, oh yeah, because he did stab Chris in the back before this. Yeah, I mean, it's a, I mean, Sheen and, yeah, because she gets stabbed and Sheen's face is covered in blood. I mean, they're both, it's pretty brutal. It is pretty brutal. So, oh man. So now Gandolfini, uh, yeah, has a, is quite the death scene in this film. Being sucked into a wind turbine, that would be (laughs) quite the way to go. I mean, do you think that's worse than going 350 miles an hour into a, wall um well he has more time to think about about it I, I think the i think flying into the wall is preferable i think the wind turbine was would because i think if you're going 350 miles an hour and you're about to hit a brink wall i think your final thoughts would be you know i just figured out what the meaning of life is it's boom <laughs> versus oh no Ah! Yeah, exactly. you know, yeah. So I, I would rather go 350 miles into a brick wall. Oh, yeah. Okay. If so, I had to so, choose my. So Pinkwater death. had the worst death. Had a worst death. Yeah, I mean, I think Nastasia Kinski's sister at the beginning of the film oh. had the worst being drowned in her own aquarium. Man, I mean, those fish were traumatized. So like, who's <laughs> going to feed us now? <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, so our final scene is Ditch and Krista in Russia getting their medals of honor the scene is so goofy and i love it so much i don't know if this was like a reshoot or if this was always in the script but it's it's such a goofy scene it's basically ditch with all his bravado and machismo 
in in Russia with this ceremony that's they're going to award him with a gold medal. So yeah, he gets up there and they give him the gold and it's like, "Oh, this is great. Like he, this is the gold that he would never The gold get. medal he didn't get when he tried to go to the Olympics. Yes. Yeah. But he's up there and he realizes that all the Russian soldiers present will mimic his salute if he salutes them. So he's screwing with them. Yeah. So, because she salutes and then they salute and she, okay, so you see what happens. And then he gets up, he salutes, they salute. And then he keeps doing it. And then he does the thing where he just like puts his hands through his hair, like, gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) It's like. Like, oh man, this movie is just not taking anything seriously anymore. Yeah, I don't think Putin likes this scene. Yeah, I agree. I think Putin finds this very disrespectful. This scene and the entire last 20 minutes of Rocky IV, I don't think Putin's a fan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad we have that figured out. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I, oh, I do love that he sends a postcard before he goes to Russia to like the people he works with. Oh, yeah. So they know, like, oh, ditches in Russia. It's like, what? Is he staying? Like- it's the worst boss ever. Yeah. So yeah. it's just him and Krista walking down. Well, don't forget, the dog shows up. Yeah, the- and we actually see Tripod, the yeah. three-legged dog. Right. So yeah, the last scene of the film, and I don't, by the way, I don't even think it's them. I think it's extras. I don't think it's Charlie Sheen. I don't think they flew them out to Red Square. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, so you got the two of them walking with the dog, and it's it's almost mawkish. They're walking, and it's like, like the ending of a romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. I love it. Love I, it. I, I thought love this it was movie. great. This film is, it's, I mean, it's like Wile E. Coyote meets a Richard Donner action movie. I just love this movie. Mm-hmm. And the better of the two skydiving films, as you know, listeners, and as you know, Julia, it happens all the time. And it's it's either because it's a coincidence or more than likely, there's a board meeting. They're like, okay, there's a volcano movie coming out at, at our rival studio, so we got to do a volcano movie now. Or, you know, like, I mean, I'm talking about like Volcano or Dante's Peak. Um, uh, what, what was it? Deep Impact and Armageddon. It, that's so annoying when happens they do that. all the time. And I really do think it's like, because they have leaks or there's scripts that are circulating. It's like, oh, like, we got a killer mannequin movie too. So th- th- what happened here was Disney got there first. They got this movie out in September of 94 and it was a little more expensive than the rival movie and it just didn't do well. The critics did not like it. Audiences didn't go. I saw it opening week and I'm like, oh, this is going to be, this is going to be like Terminal Velocity 2 and 3. No, there never was. And then three months later came the rival movie, which was Drop Zone with Wesley Snipes. It definitely had a better campaign it was definitely more visible and Wesley Snipes you know was definitely a bigger star than Charlie Sheen at this point it's directed by John Badham who did the hard way and I love John Badham's movies but Drop Zone's got some good skydiving scenes and Gary Busey plays the villain but you know what it's just not that memorable it's kind of ordinary and Snipes is also always awesome but this is just one of those cases where the script just isn't that remarkable and it's just not one of his best movies. It's got a killer in excess song on the soundtrack, but like beyond that, like I always forget about Drop Zone. I have never forgotten Terminal Velocity. <laughs> I really dig this movie. Um, it, it's uh, it's weird. It's kind of a hard film to find. I think it's on Amazon, which is great because I don't believe it's ever been on DVD or Blu-ray ever. Um, I still have my VHS copy. I don't no know why. Hard media for no. this. No. Well, yeah, uh, video cassette. I don't think it ever hit a disc. I don't. So if you're gonna see one, <laughs> one 1994 skydiving movie, this is the one. Okay. Well, currently you can rent or buy it on Prime for three ninety nine. Worth it. Worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah, um, I mean, you can. It says you can buy Blu-ray or DVD. I think I don't know. Hmm. Maybe you can't, but maybe on the no, black market. Nobody like has get a some DVD that, player those anymore. Russian do you think they have? A, do you think Putin has a bootleg copy of this movie? <laughs> oh my gosh! You know who else loves movies? Is what Kim Jong Un, right? He has that. <laughs> he's supposed to have like this legendary like DVD collection. <laughs> I wonder just, if he's got it. All the like world's worst, you know. The, the evil leaders, like, yeah. would you like to see my <laughs> my digital video disc collection? <laughs> Terminal velocity, anyone? I just love that Charlie Sheen. We'll make our evil plans, but first we watch Terminal Velocity. <laughs> That'd be so funny. It's just like a Charlie Sheen, like it's just all of his movies. Do you think like, yeah, an American diplomat's like, you know, I, I had a meet with, you know, Sergeant Blood the other night and oh, he's got terrible plans for this country. But you know what? Have you ever seen Terminal Velocity? It was really good. I never saw it before. <laughs> he's got a copy of it. Where can I find this movie? Oh, yeah, I forgot to, to mention that Ditch is how he got his name because his name is Richard. Yes. And so it's like a cross between Richard and Dick. <sighs> I'm sure David Tui thought it was hilarious when he wrote He's it. like, I'm just going to call him Ditch. <laughs> I, I, I think it's a great action movie hero name. I do. Oh, you do? Yeah. And I'm kind of glad Tom Cruise didn't do this because I feel like he saved this kind of role for later. Although, again, to be clear... Charlie Sheen is not doing any of these skydiving stunts. You know what is still the greatest skydiving movie ever? Do you know what I'm going to say? No. Point Break. Oh, Point Break. Because yeah. not only are the the skydiving scenes in that movie poetic, they are. Catherine Bigelow is one of the greatest action movie directors ever. There is a scene in that movie. They showed it in all the trailers where Patrick, you know, because Swayze did all of his skydiving. Keanu Reeves, I don't think he's ever stepped out of a plane in his life. But like, you know, with Swayze, I mean, he was a, a seasoned skydiver. He was doing all those scenes. And there's that shot where um, Keanu Reeves is watching him and the camera is on Swayze. And Swayze is like in the door, you know, the plane is in air and he's in the door. He's got his, his, uh, his parachute on. He's got his goggles on. And he looks at the camera and goes... Um, why can I not remember all of a sudden? Oh, no. <laughs> He's, uh, we basically just, um, he, he falls backwards on camera. Yeah. And he really did that? He really, it's extraordinary. The camera watches him fall like a mile. It's amazing. Oh, so you know it's him. You absolutely know it's him. You always know it's him. And, and those, those, those skydiving scenes are just incredible. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So would you change this ending um no but i still want my terminal velocity trilogy oh i want more you know kg used to be you know action i want more i want more skydiving action movies i just think it's such a cool venue i think it's a you know i, I love the idea of like fight scenes in midair not to mention like a car chase in midair like i love how insane this movie it is and um, how far they take the idea so yeah I I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, what's Charlie Sheen doing now? Is he is he box office poison? What's happening? <laughs> well, you know, he had a little show called Two and a Half Men, and it was on for years. And at one point, he was one of the highest paid actors in television history. And then the whole thing about him getting fired, and then he came back, and then he did a he did a TV show redo of Anger Management, where he was playing um, the Jack Nicholson role, where he was uh, like the Buddy Rydell character. Um, and that only lasted a couple of seasons, but Charlie Sheen's doing just fine. 
Yeah. Okay, is this the line? Oh, from from Point Break? <laughs> or no? No, it's the one he says right before he jumps out of the plane. I'm blanking. I don't know why I'm blanking oh, okay. out. It's I terrible. I, I thought I found it. I'll find it. All right. Oh, okay. you, all right. You, so tell us tell us what you think about terminal velocity. Um. I, wait, how many stars did you give it? When I saw it in the theater, it was three and a half, which feels a little high. So I'm going to say three. I, oh. I, I think three is probably a little more reasonable, but I mean, oh, it's probably still three and a half. Are we kidding? <laughs> we kidding? I, you know, and look, I started off by saying, you know, never be ashamed of a movie you consider a, of a guilty pleasure. So screw it. Three and a half stars. Okay. I love this movie. All right. Um, I, I would probably say three stars. Three stars. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, I think that's fair. Um, and I, I mean, I enjoyed it. I, I know I've seen this movie before, but I did not remember. I didn't remember it. It's probably been, I don't know. When did you think it come we, out? It came out in 94. Really? You think we've we've seen it before? No, I think I probably saw it like maybe in high school. Hmm. And then, you know, I mean, that was so long ago. I don't, you know, I didn't remember any of the plot. So I probably saw it a long time ago and. This is probably my second time, but I didn't remember that she faked her death and all that. So, hey, it's always fun to forget that you saw a movie and then you can be surprised all over again. Yeah, definitely. That seems to happen the older you get. So I'm already on track with my parents and my grandparents. Wait, have <laughs> I seen this movie? Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I don't think you're going to find the quote. So... I think we, I think we did it. I think we're we're gonna wrap it up. It's so tragic, folks. It's like in the tip of my tongue. I know Point Break forward and backwards, and I'm blanking on a scene. I think it's the Hasta Luego, amigo. <laughs> what does he say? It's so cool that he falls backwards. I'm gonna remember it the second we stop recording. Yeah, it's okay. It's all right. It's the only the only downside. I had fun doing this, by the way. This was this was a good. This good was yeah, yeah. This was fun. This was fun talking about this movie because nobody talks about this film. If you've never heard of this movie or just listening to us talk about this film you've never seen, check out the trailer. It really captures the bananas tone of this movie. It's a really amped up, kinetic, fun action movie. It is a B film, no question. Most of David Tui's movies are. It wasn't directed by Tui, but he wrote it, and his fingerprints are all over it. It's fun check it out yes agreed all right thank you everyone that concludes our discussion good night everyone terminal velocity yes